We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Debo Samuel in motion. Brock Purdy will dump it off to McCaffrey. He's got a blocker. He's headed for the end zone, and Christian McCaffrey has a 49er touchdown. Boy, some really nice downfield blocking. Now, back to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game. It's courtesy of uh, Fox Sports. Unmistakable voice of uh, Chris Myers. All right, uh, 49ers general manager John Lynch uh, did an interview with the Morning Roast. Uh, he was really good. And uh, we're going to play that for you right now. So this was this was from this morning. John Lynch, Great. general manager of the San Francisco 49ers, and the first thing he was asked was about the acquisition of Christian McCaffrey. He's, he's been a, a godsend, you know. I'll, I'll tell you, everything you see on the field, um, you know, you, you, you think you know a player, um, and then it's always you have a little bit of a different reality when you, when you see them up close, when they're on your team. And, um, you know, he's just as good as we ever thought he was on the field or better. I think the intelligence that he plays with, um, is, is really just elite. Uh, his skill, his versatility, uh, all that. But I, I just think the commitment to being that player is probably what you, you, you don't know from afar. And, and man, this guy, I'm tell, I tell people all the time, he works, he works coaches hours. He's here in the morning, uh, uh, when you get here, he's he's still here when you're leaving, and and uh, you know he uh, it's just so impressive. And I think uh, there's an aura of confidence that comes with having a guy like Christian on your side. He's kind of our version of Bosa on defense, and he's been tremendous. Uh, I think the way he uh, kind of assimilated into our team like right away, it was like he was an instant leader. He just fit really well, and we always felt like this was a guy. Um, you know, who, who we admired as we started thinking and started hearing that he might be available. You know, you start thinking, wow, this is a guy we, we really like where our offense is at. Uh, do we need to do something? No, but this is a guy, if there's a guy to go get, this is a guy who could, you know, the, the word we kept using was unlock, uh, what we do and make us even more tough to deal with. And I think the, the results have been tremendous and, and I can't say enough about the way uh, he prepares, and so it's been a great example. The productivity has been great. It's it's really been a, a nice deal for this organization. Yeah, I mean, it feels, and you kind of identified it there, like what he does spacing wise on that field to open things up for Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, and just his versatility in the run and pass game, and just formationally, it feels like this is the most open and dynamic and explosive this offense has ever been in your tenure. Yeah, I think so, and you know, I think that goes to the development. Uh, you know, a lot of that is the development of other players. Our offensive line's playing as well yep. as it's played since since we've been here. I'm really proud of those guys. 
Uh, there's guys you expect, like Trent Williams, who's as good as there is, good a football player as there is in this league, let alone uh, offensive tackle. Aaron Banks has had a fabulous year, really come into his own. Jake Brindell's really held down the center. you got that rotation with the rookie Burford and Danny Brunskill, who kind of comes in, and they, they've done a nice job playing. I think McGlinchey's, uh, you know, people like talking all the time about what he doesn't do, but I think he's been really uh, Mike's played his best football, particularly in the last month or so. And so um, those guys are, you know, but uh, Christian, he does. You're right about the spacing checkdowns uh, that used to be four yards are all of a sudden becoming 12, 13. It's just, mm-hmm. it's added a whole nother dimension. And then to be able to, to spell him uh, with a guy like Elijah Mitchell, mm-hmm. and now that you're having him back healthy, to be able to put Debo on one side, Christian on the other, just presents a lot of challenges that the whole league is um, you know, having to deal with, and, and we're fortunate to have him. You know, John Lynch, GM of the 49ers here on the Morning Roast on 95.7 The Game. We like to keep it real on the roast, John. And we will get roasted if we don't. And one thing we said about Brock when he came in was like, wait, are 49ers going to be able to hold up? Are they going to be able to win the division with Brock Purdy at quarterback? Well, all he's done since he started is win every game. And in the second half last week, he really lit it up against Seattle. What has amazed you the most about Brock Purdy in his short tenure with the 49ers so far? I think just the poise, the presence. Um you know the, the 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 pressure on uh, on that position in this league is it's immense. It really is, and uh, I think one thing that we saw from day one, he wasn't going to be phased. You know, I talk a lot about early on in OTAs, uh, particularly training camp, when you're not getting many reps, and Brock wasn't. You know, you you had you had Trey getting a lot of reps because we were trying to get him ready. Nate Sudfeld was going to be our backup, and so you're getting him reps. And so the number three guy at that point, you're, you're getting four or five meaningful reps. Uh, they're all meaningful, but reps that are kind of live um, during the course of practice in the team periods. But whenever he went in, he made the right decision, and it was oftentimes a bold decision, you know, not like the safe one. But like fitting into if if throwing into a tight window was the right play, he was doing that. Yeah. And when you make quick decisions and you anticipate in this league, good things typically happen. Uh, so he we saw that box being checked from the beginning. Um, then you get in preseason and he's moving the team, and man, this kid's got some swagger to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think you know the thing that probably like when people say what surprised you because. People say, are you surprised? Obviously, with this success, we are, um, you know, how well he's played. But I, I think the area that probably has surprised us, you, you saw some running ability in college, but I didn't know he's this good athlete. He's a very good athlete. Yeah, same here. Harold <laughs> calling him Fran Tarkington. So, um, you know, he's, he's, uh, his, his, his ability to move on the field and create and extend, that has been, um, you know, surprising for us. Uh, I can't say that we saw that. I saw a good athlete. I did not um, see this, and so he he's been tremendous for us. And um, you know, it's it's been great to see those guys, whether it be Trey early on, Jimmy then came in, and now Brock picks it up. But the way they support each other, I think the job that Brian Greasy has done with them, mm. uh, the job that Kyle's done, you know, kind of tailoring the offense to each one of them, I, I think uh, that can't go unnoticed 
Kyle spends time with those guys every day. So the, I think the whole picture has just been from that quarterback position. And then Brock, especially, you know, here at the end has been tremendous. Yeah, the short area quickness for him with a guy in his face and just making a guy miss with a subtle little move. I, I didn't think he had it in the bag. It's hard to tell. Training camp, you know, you can't hit the quarterback. You don't know what's going to translate in terms of scrambling. But, like, there's a story about how you acquired Jimmy Garoppolo. There's a story about how you right. guys came to the conclusion to, to draft Trey Lance. What's the story behind how you drafted Brock Purdy? Well, um, you know, the story was, he, you know, he had really good reports. Um, he played a lot of football at Iowa State. Um, you know, the, the area scout that was there at the time was a was a kid, I call him a kid, but Steve Sloak, he's now in-house, he's a pro scout. His brother is Bobby, our pass game coordinator. Um, and Steve was the area scout there. And, you know, Steve would say, guys, like, you know, I love the player, but you love the player more when you go hear from a, a head coach like Matt Campbell talk about this guy. And when you're using words like, you know, or, or descripting, description such as like this guy is a program changer he changed our program here he changed our culture here um you know those type of things so steve sloak would always talk about this kid um you know so you start watching him and you start really appreciating his game we thought he might come out his junior year he probably played a little bit better his junior year you know our grades were a little bit higher he goes back for one more year and then, you know, um, prior to the draft, you know, Kyle and I, when we're sitting down, we look, we, we'd really like to come out of this draft, um, with a, uh, a young quarterback late in the draft, whether it be, you know, a late draft choice or a free agent. We had some other things that we had to get for our roster that we needed. Um, but man, it'd be nice to come out with a guy we really like and want to invest some time into late. And so. You know, you kind of then scouting kind of hands it over to the to the coaches, and the coaches in our area scouts work together, and so we we handed like a bucket of you know probably eight eight to ten guys down to Brian Greasy and uh, Clay Kubiak. They worked on it together, and they really came out convicted that that they wanted to come away, you know, in some form or fashion with Brock Purdy, and. Uh, you know, because we had our nether needs, we had to add some corners, we had to add an offensive lineman, you know, we, you know, we were pecking away at those things. And then you get to the end and, um, there was like a linebacker we liked and then there was Purdy. And you just said, man, I, you know, we think we have Purdy as a free agent, but, um, you know, what, why wait on that? Because we knew there was competition for him as well. We had that last pick. Didn't didn't know if he'd last. As soon as that pick right before us went, we said, that, you know, Kyle and I looked at each other and said, let's just pull the trigger and bring him in. And so we did. Not to try to be cute with the old Mr. Irrelevant thing. Uh, <laughs> we really liked the guy. And, and uh, you know, I think the conviction of an area scout like Steve Slowick, the work that uh, Greasy and Clay Kubiak did. They Zoomed him a lot. They talked to a lot of people at Iowa, Iowa State. And when you have that kind of conviction, people really pulling for a guy like that, um, you feel compelled to do something. And, man, I'm sure, I'm sure glad those guys were convicted because he's, he's really been uh, something special for us. And, and uh, I'm, I'm grateful to all those guys that I mentioned. 
Hall of Famer as a player, John Lynch here on the Bud Light Guest Line, GM of the San Francisco 49ers, and he's helped build this thing brick by brick into a bully, the 49ers that is. And you brought up Kyle Shanahan and what he's been able to do with all these weapons. Brandon Ayuk goes for over 1,000 yards. George Kittle's just been dynamic over the last five weeks of the season. Tebow looked fresh last week against Seattle, especially on that 75, 74-yard catch and run. How has Kyle Shanahan, though, John, you've been with him every step of the way since 2017. How has he grown as a head coach to what he is today from where he was in 2017? That's a great question. You know, um, I think he came in pretty damn good. I I really do. And uh, I I knew, you know, I had broadcasted games. I had played for his dad, broadcasted a lot of games that he was the offensive coordinator. So I knew, like, this guy's different, The, the, the level, the uh, the ingenuity, the detail, uh, the rapport with players, um, those things travel, uh, those things your eyes can see. What I didn't know, you know, a head coach is up in front of a team every single day, and and you have to be able to command their attention, command their respect. And so I was blown away, you know, when Kyle, you know, right at the start had never been a head coach, and the way he got up and, and um uh, you know, earn those guys' respect and uh, earn their loyalty and all those things. So I thought he was really good from the start, but we all evolve. I think we've, we've, we've probably evolved together. I think some of the things we've learned in the talent acquisition and the type of players we want, you talked about being a bully. Mm-hmm. You know, early on we were looking, we were so hell-bent on having speed and we wanted to improve the speed and we wanted people who could separate. Well, so you start picking players like that, but but, you know, probably a lesson we learn and how you end up with a guy like Debo is you need some bullies. You know, you need you need those guys and you know that are gonna play with some power and all that. So there's lessons like that. But you know, I think other things, um, you have to be okay, you know, sometimes with playing younger players and I think we've done a better job of that and, and letting those guys develop and you're gonna have some you're gonna have some pitfalls early when you do that, but you're gonna reap the rewards when you when you put in that time and so I think there's things that everybody evolves, but I, I guess the answer to that question, I think he came in really good. I think we're very fortunate. I don't think I believe I know that we're very fortunate to have him uh as our head coach here. Uh he's been great uh for me to partner with. Um and uh you know, he's loyal as the day is long and uh he's uh He's special, you know, and we're very fortunate to have him here in, in, with the Niners. Yeah, and I think the underrated aspect of, of it's obviously the stars speak for themselves. Debo and, and Kittle and all these guys, they pop off the screen. I'm impressed with the, the Burford and the Bankses and the Hufangas and the, the Gibsons and the Diamanor Lenores. And I guess that goes back to the staff. They've lost a zillion people off this staff. <laughs> and I look up and he reworks it every single year. And it's all these new guys. You, you reference Greasy and who knows what happens with D'Amico Ryan's this offseason season how he's built the staff i think that's the most impressive thing for me because every year you're losing three and four different guys yeah and that's you know that's a challenge and uh you know i think when you build a place where people want to be um you know they they hear and that goes to our ownership the the things you know all all, the only question uh, kyle and i ever get from the from the york family from jed specifically is you know Obviously, you have budgets and things, but is it going to help us win? And and uh, I think, you know, I talk about things traveling, word traveling. That word travels. People want to be here. People want a part of what we have. I, I think, you know, we have a real a fun environment where people come to work every day and, and look forward to coming to work. 
and um, you know now we're starting to consistently win, and and uh, so we we got to make good upon that. But uh, yeah, that ability to reload has been tremendous for Kyle, and and I think when you become one of those destinations where people want to be uh, to build, you can endure some of that. It is difficult. We lost another one yesterday, Rand Carson. Mm, yeah, so happy for him. Uh, yeah. One of my one of my great friends in this world and I'm so happy for him. So you, you're really fired up, but there is a void, you know, you're like, okay, are we going to replace this? But that's why I think you, um, you know, we're so in, in, in our process and about developing young talent, you know, because you always have to be prepared for somebody leaving. And, and I think that's, that's one thing, um, that, you know, we prided ourselves in is you're always developing, uh, the younger scouts that, so that you can, you can just, uh, you know, it's hard to replace some of these guys, but there are people there that are qualified and ready and prepared. And so um, it's something we think about a lot. And, uh, you know, I, I guess they say imitation is the greatest form of flattery. So when people are taking your people, you're doing something right. You know, John, uh, John Lynch here on the Morning Russell on 95.7, uh, courtesy of the Bud Light Guest Line. Who wanted the Cowboys more? The NFL is a league or Jed York? Ooh. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think it's just such a great matchup. I, I think it's ironic that, uh, you know, it was just what, like two weeks ago we were watching the fifth, you know, highlights of the 50th anniversary yep. of the catch and mm-hmm. all that. So, uh, storied rivalry. Most importantly for us, you know, as we start our preparation, uh, and continue our preparation this week, they're a really good football team. We saw that everybody who watched that them play against Tampa, um, you know, on, on Monday night, uh, saw that. So I think it's going to be a tremendous matchup. We have a lot of respect for their organization, a lot of respect for their players, a lot of respect for their team, and, and we know we have to, you know, right now our focus is solely on preparing, giving ourselves the best chance to go compete and uh, and win on Sunday. And, and uh, man, the environment's going to be special. Levi's is going to be rocking. I know it. And, uh, you know, we, we don't have to ask for the faithful to show up. I know they're going to show up, but we... We, we, uh, you know, we would enjoy, uh, a little, little added intensity, uh, here on, uh, on Sunday, you know, cause they've been a big part. There were some false starts against the Seahawks the other day where they were really flustered because of the energy and passion our crowd was, and, uh, was bringing. And so we're looking forward to that, uh, even at a heightened level this Sunday. Uh, John, you're an old school, you know, old school for- football guy, and when I watch Nick Bosa, I see a guy that it feels like he could play in any era. And he was a little quiet this last weekend, but how important is he to the dynamic of that defense? Because you guys have changed so much personnel. There's been some schematic changes as well. Yet he is as good as ever. Yeah, his. Uh, you know, I, I I find that interesting that. You know, a lot of people were saying hey, the young tackles, and they're 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 really good. John Schneider is, is really talented at building great rosters, and he brought some young guys in. They they started two rookies, but there was a lot of talk that those guys shut Nick out. They didn't, you know, like when Charles Amenahu stripped uh, Gino on that. You know, who forced him up? It was Nick. You know, yep. Nick kind of put him up into the abyss of Charles Omenahu, and Omenahu finished it. Nick is always has an impact. You just look at the way schematically people approach us. Uh, there's always extra attention on Nick, which frees our other guys up. Um, you know, he's a tremendous player. And I, I told you guys about Christian's work ethic. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's probably uh, one person in this building who, who rivals that work ethic, and it would, it would be Nick Bosa. You know, everything from his diet uh, <laughs> to his lifting to his approach, he, this guy uh, – 
his 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 focus in in life right now is to be the best football player he can possibly be. He's become a really good leader. Uh, mm. You know, he these these Saturday morning uh, after the walkthrough speeches, and you, you got to get in there because he he speaks softly, but he carries a big stick, and his message is is always poignant and powerful. His teammates really really kind of uh, thrive and wait for that every week. It's always some tremendous wisdom. And, uh, man, he's he's a special player, we're sure. I, I don't ever like picking number two in the draft. I hope <laughs> we never do again. But to come out with a player like Nick Bosa, that's, that changes your franchise. And we're reaping the wards of that now. Hey, your linebackers, Greenlaw and Warner, I mean, I these guys them. are tone setters. Yeah. And you talk about throwback players. I know right. they're, they're obviously way more mobile than the old school linebackers that used to go head-on with fullbacks. These dudes are just awesome. Do you, do you get a lot of pride watching them out there thumping dudes sideline to sideline? Love it. Love it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know, I, I played on a defense where we had a guy in Derek Brooks. Oh, yeah. And he's probably my favorite teammate I've ever had. He, he's in the top three, four. And uh, what a player, man. And it was sideline to sideline. It was hitting people and the hitting yardage, like no falling forward. He was knocking them back. Yeah. And, and <laughs> we, used to, we used to play Michael Vick, and we played Michael Vick fairly well. And that yep. was you know, largely in part because, yeah, we could put pressure on them, but then we had a guy in 55 that could track them down. That's what these guys remind me of. Uh, you know, they, they've been coached well from the time they've been here. Uh, they're both pros. Uh, Fred, Fred's in that elite, you know, uh, elite leadership, elite, uh, you know, work ethic. He's an example for our other players. And then Dre. He's a maniac, John. So impactful, man. He's all over the field. Uh, I love it. Kyle calls him Tyson. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so he's, uh, he's just, he's a tremendous football player. We're, those guys are. They're tone setters. I think that's a great way to put it. And, no, uh, I love Greenlaw. John, Every before every game I'm watching him, he's like hitting his oh, helmet. I, I went up to oh, Seattle and saw him. I'm like, man, this guy's a throwback, dude. And sometimes he's reckless, but you know what? You need some of that on the defense, man. And he's out there popping dudes left and right. Real quick before we get you out of here, John, and we do appreciate yeah, the time today. You. We really do. Um, and we can't wait for Sunday's game against the Cowboys, man. We've been setting the tone on the morning roast all week long. How close, though, were you last year? To jumping back into television. You brought up television. You were a great broadcaster. And then I know the rumors were swirling mm. after the NFC title game. But we're thinking, John, you're going to leave this? You just built this, man. It's a lot man. of money. It's a lot of it's money. A lot I of kid, money. it's a lot of money, man. Are you even thinking about TV right now? What's the focus, man? No, my focus on beating the Cowboys. You know, I uh, I uh, I was humbled, you know, uh, you know, Freddie Goodelli, the great great producer long to work with Madden and Michaels and all them you know he called at some point and uh, said hey when you guys are done I want to talk to you about something I had no idea what he wanted to talk about uh, you know when you have friendships like that you take the meeting so my wife and I hosted them in our house and uh, only to be really shocked and I knew it was when all of a sudden Amazon uh, executives started mm-hmm. showing up at my house I knew <laughs> something was up um, and uh you know, it was flattering, and, and they had a vision for what they wanted to do. Uh, I listened to the meeting. Uh, you know, I told Kyle and Jed about it, and so they knew, and, and uh, they were supportive that I should listen. Um, and uh, But I had no idea they were going to get a, uh, you know, have an offer like they did, um, you know, and, and so, of course, you think about it, but uh, it led me to a lot of thinking. Why am I doing this? Why did I do it in the first place? And 
a lot of it came down to unfinished business. The other thing, I got up in front of our team and I talked about, you know, how we proceed from a heartbreaking loss like the NFC Championship. And, you know, I, I remember kind of being up there and saying, if I leave now, uh, man, that's that's not cool because I'm up here telling these guys how we rebound from this. And if I'm talking about we, uh, my mind can't be anywhere else. And, and that's right about when I made my decision. I'm thrilled that I did. I love being here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, man, looking forward to, to Sunday, uh, trying to get to the next level. Uh, that's, you know, the finality of, of this time of year in the NFL is what makes these moments so great. You don't get them back, and so we got to make the most of them. That starts with our prep, and appreciate your guys' support. Appreciate all the fans, the faithful. They're as good as as can be. Our alums are going to be here, and in a strong fashion, it's going to be a real fun environment. We got to we got to prepare to play against a really good team, and and uh, uh, and do what do whatever it takes to move on to the next uh, to the next step. And- all right, that was John Lynch on with a morning roast and uh, some really, really good stuff. You want to react to that interview? 888-957-9570. You want to jump back into why I'm an idiot because only running backs can be number ones. We could also do that, too. The Road to Glendale, brought to you by Mara West Credit Union, working for you today, tomorrow, together. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Also, Pfizer. I'll be there when I be there. It's good to see you, man. Whatever. Now, back to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game. That wasn't real, right? They put that... That's editing. Yeah. I would never... Because I would have went ham. That's not me. That's not who I am. We know. Stiney is a butterfly outside the studio. He's godless. All right, so maybe, maybe, maybe the phrase term number one's not really understood. <laughs> you want to take football. that L? No chance. <laughs> Absolutely no chance. That's pretty what good. Are we, what are we supposed to be doing now? Back to oh, reacting to Lynch. Go ahead and react. I mean, that was he didn't tell a lie, and he's got to be feeling good. And see, here's where. You don't Only know guys like us will say... You don't know he didn't tell a lie. But he's John Lynch on the 49ers in our area, so he gets the benefit of the doubt. Any other GM, if Jerry John, uh, No, not Jerry John, If a Philly GM comes in, you would never say, he told no lies, Steiny. You're four days out from the biggest game of Brock Purdy's career and a chance for you to go to the <laughs> NFC Championship game. You're in love with what you deem to be, the fans are, their future mm. franchise quarterback. You're in love with your new toy, McCaffrey, a.k.a. the joystick. Debo, are you both calling him. Right now, it's all good in the hood. Steiny. You're saying it's not. When I used to come home and my parents and went grocery shopping, the Johnson household was better when the cupboards had stuff, you know? Sure. And right now in San Francisco country, the cover, it's a surplus. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? It's like, uh, like what? It's like you open up the fridge 
Yeah. And what do you need? For, you need the milk. Well, guess what? The milk is front and center. It's right there. Yeah. And it's Christian McCaffrey. And then what else do you need? Well, you need some, you need some eggs. You need some eggs. Well, hey, uh, let's. That's George Kittle. And then you know what? Some people put a little ketchup on the eggs. Some no, people no, no. put a little I salsa. I, I won't watch that. That's Debo Samuel, but he's in the back. You get first of all, you can't even get to him unless you take out the milk. McCaffrey. Uh, uh. Fat. Thought you were making pancakes. Well, you got to move stuff around. Mm-hmm. Why is Christian McCaffrey got to be milk? Right about now is when you say that's a four. Yeah, I wanted to move on. <laughs> I don't care what you. What want. about the TV? Do you really think he was think he thought about TV, Stoney? Who? Uh, John Lynch. Okay. <laughs> All right. Maybe maybe I don't want you to come out with me after work. <laughs> you just said he told no lies. No, I told somebody. And I was now doing he told you else. what he said. So why are you now asking me? Do you think he no, was I'm asking you, would you do it? He, he would you, would you, you have exactly. made that, that uh, leap? No. See, it was pre-McCaffrey, too. They didn't have feedback. Goo, I'm, in, I'm on so one. So that conversation. I'm on one. Well, yeah, the like I can't one. even. I can't even put myself in John Lynch's position. Who the hell is John? You know what I mean? Like, he's an ex- he, he played football. He he's played in the NFL. Fan, right. Can't relate. Uh, Stanford, you can't relate. Yeah. Uh, Silver Spoon, can't relate. Did I say that? No. I don't know who. I don't know what his background is. Uh, what else is he? Football executive, winner, Hall of Fame. Yeah, I don't know what I would do in John Lynch's position because I can't even fathom being that successful. He went in in twenty twenty one. Oh, Bob Myers tomorrow at uh, what? Is he back to normal at one o'clock? One o'clock, Bob Myers. Big game tomorrow for him. Yes. For them. Well, it's for them. Yeah. By the way, a lot of people don't put ketchup on eggs. They don't like that. I've broken off relationships and not started one when huh? I saw that that's what the other person would do. Not with me, you didn't. That's nasty. You know I do it with my uh, when yeah. I do my uh, sausage and egg ball. Is Go. that what the smell is? I never knew that. Now I'll remove myself from the lab when you're doing that. And you should eat that in the... Oh, wow. You should take that in another room, Jack. I Seriously, should. I never knew you were mixing that. Now, Evan's oatmeal and peanut butter. Carlito and Alameda. How you doing, Carlito? What's going on, my main man? Hello, gentlemen. Hello, gentlemen. Uh, right out of the gate, I want to get to the pecking order, 95-7 the game. Obviously, you guys are number one, no oh. doubt about it. Uh, the two seed is Damon, and uh, Dibley gets into the play-in. Dibbers. Everybody else, keep working. Thank you, gentlemen. So you made this a thing now. This no, won't die. No, no, no. The gentleman. It's, all, it's out of control. It's no, We should honor the caller that made it a thing. <laughs> he said it was us. Okay, so out of my, out of my, out of my, who's a number one, now this has come out. Nick and Clayton, Stein uh, Metz is not, all right, go ahead, Nick, have at me. Number one. What's up, Nick? Hey, hey, Steiny, sorry to come down, but, you know, your definition of number one is confused and it just doesn't make any sense in this context because, for one, you're ignoring the fundamental differences between football and basketball. Um, while it makes sense in basketball, it doesn't really make sense in football. You can have a running back get more carries and touches than everyone else merely because the five offensive linemen in front of them yeah. are supposedly better. 
And as far as the station number one, if you're going to go by your definition, by who's more opportunity or who's on the air longer, then number one's probably Dave Devone and Alan Styles at night. That's Dan Devone. Yeah, he said that, that would be Dan show. Devone. I'm a P1. Now, let me say this. I listen to it all. <laughs> Devone was an anchor up in Seattle. Fact. And he swims the ocean before That doesn't ship. matter. That's like, that doesn't go into this equation. I'm giving you a Devone stat. I know. That's the only thing you know about him. I don't know. Do you know hoop. anything else yeah, about he's him? he's a good hooper. And he that's played for with me. you. Yeah, Have well, you ever talked to him? Yeah. Have you ever welcomed him to the station? I shook his hand. He's a teammate, Jack. You're my number one, Steiny. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's my. You're my number one. Oh, I should have said Steiny. Damn it! Yeah, I can tell. I, I think the funniest thing I heard today was Guru saying he's calling a team meeting. <laughs> oh God, Things that's not for the eighth man. All right, that's for Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green to do. Okay, they call team yeah. meetings. Ryan Rollins doesn't call a team meeting. That would be to replace <laughs> the team meeting that got rescheduled last week because somebody spilt something. You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. That's that layers. Spill, man. No, levels. That's levels. Last Thursday, you I really spilled. You really got me low? Huh? You got me eighth? It's just it's for effect. I'll, I'll it sounds it. better on the radio. <laughs> gotcha about I don't care where I'm seven. at. I swear my boss thinks I'm at. Twelve to three. Um, oh gosh, where do you want to go? I want winners. I, I mean, listen. Is he, uh, oh, by the way, here's it. Remember when? Uh, remember back when he can be like that last half hour. I oh, right, dude. Uh, by the way, if you're tuning in for Bob Myers, seriously, um, uh, the Warriors are on their way from Washington to Boston, and apparently they. They're delayed, and it messed up where they were going to be at 2.30. So we're going to have Bob Myers, the executive show, brought to you by Yellow Sack. That is tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Tomorrow at 1 o'clock. You know who passed today? Oh, man. No, I don't. Chris Ford. Wow, the old Celtics coach. Yeah. Didn't hear that. An old Celtics player. player. Yeah, rest in peace. So you know what he was known for? No. Okay. I'm picturing him right now, too, Stanley. With a mustache? Yeah. He was a head coach, too. Did he yeah, coach he, the Clippers? Uh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, Chris Ford passed today, and uh, he was the first player to make a three-pointer in the NBA in 1979. That, that's amazing. The ABA had the three-point line. The NBA did not. There was a merger in the mid-'70s. They played for a few years, and then they brought in the three-point line in the NBA. 19, I think 79. I should know that off the top of my head. I'll tell you I'm what. I'm going to say 79. If Dibs is not listening. The game's been ruined forever. That's the first question I got to them tomorrow uh, on changeover. Who made the first three-pointer? They'll know. You think? Yeah, they do homework. Chris Ford, huh? Yeah. Played Villanova. Guy Damn, I watched didn't know as a that. kid. Yeah. yeah. Oh, rest in peace. So you know what I said? What? Well, you know how everybody's always like, hey, Raymond Ritter, he's the best. He's the best ever. No, they say He's go. the best PR. They say go. Yeah. yeah. So you know what I said? I said, uh, we're supposed to have Bob Myers yet today. So we're in contact. And I said, hey, uh, did you see who passed today? Chris Ford. He said, yeah, I know. I saw that. It sucks. I'm like, uh, you know, he made the first three-pointer. I'm like, what a gesture. 
it would be by Steph Curry if if he could pop on our show. This is what I'm talking about. Yeah, the fact that this guy made yeah. the first three, and Steph Curry's now become the greatest three point shooter uh, of all time. What time and, we got him? Uh, night, I guess night. Steph said, "Hit the pike." Actually, I don't know that because people maybe maybe think it's true. Anyway, I, I just flo- hey, I floated it. Wow, I, floated I like it. that. Finally, I've... you got Lakeup's number. He's never been on our show. Hey, by the way, somebody, uh, what happened? To, uh, somebody was laughing at oh Westbrook. Westbrook was laughing at Phil Handy. You see that? No, that Phil, I'm... you got to be better. <laughs> and he, and he, he does. said coaching staff. He does. Watch yourself. Oh, I couldn't believe that, but yeah. Please tell me you do not think Russell Westbrook was fouled by Embiid on that last play. There's Please no tell de- me. LeBron said it. I saw oh, it. Oh, then it's official. Did you see the slow picture, the steel picture? It's not a foul. Steiny, he had his hand on the hand to where he couldn't go up. Yeah. Good D. To who? So now I'm the cheater when I give out the wrong points. But now you're going to say good D on that when you know it was a blatant foul. How dumb is Russell Westbrook as a player? He's a Hall of Famer. Future. That's great. That doesn't mean he's a, a basketball road scholar. What did he do this time? He just doesn't have a feel. He's just he's sixth man of the he year. He just doesn't get it. He just doesn't get it. Never has. You know what I say? Don't you get it? He averaged a triple okay. double. It's he's two, headed to the Hall of they're Fame. They're two different things. You can be headed to the Hall of Fame... And you can have a little clue as to how to play basketball. Winning basketball. Mm. Come on, Goo. I give him credit. We left him for dead. I, I, he was a joke, and now he's about to be sixth man of the year. Take that to the bank. Ooh. On, I, no, he won't. Who you, I don't care. They, they, somebody, okay, who's the sixth man for the Boston Celtics? Brogdon. That's the sixth man he, of the year, no, right there. No, he's playing too. I like him. But That's the sixth man of the year. ESPN, They're the best team. The rankings had Russell projected to win it. It was NBA TV. Is Russ? Russ's award, and then if him being a good soldier. Let's see who's the second. Uh, who who comes off the bench for Denver? Who's their number one? Bones Island. Not like yeah, Bones, Bones in there, but he ain't. Russ is balling, Stein. Uh, Jordan Poole. Man, you know what? Jordan Poole, absolutely. But he probably doesn't have enough uh, um, coming off the bench games. Oh, you know what? Remember earlier I said, see, th- this is what I do. Uh, remember earlier I said I got an unbelievable stat for you? Yeah. And that it was supposed to be a me. tease, but of yeah. course I forgot. Um, so, uh, see, this is what I do. You and I have gone back and forth on this player, and you've been harping on something. And when you harp on something, it does tend to get under my skin a little bit. You'll fixate on something like this. Damn, 10 points or something like that. And, uh, you know, I'm I, this stat absolutely positively will support this is, something that you've been saying for half a year, for half the season. Yeah. And uh, there'll, there'll be no victory lap because we're only halfway through the season. But uh, Draymond Green... Shooting better from three-point range than Jordan Poole. Wow. Draymond Green shooting better from three-point range than Jordan Poole. That's, Go ahead. What? No, I it just... stinks, huh? No. Jordan Poole stinks. No, the, I'm a Jordan Poole stand. I got expectations. But I told you he was at like 29 30% Jordan. I just... And I know this year got off to a punchy start. 
for Jordan Stiney. So he had to, you know, a lot went down. So, hey, I'm not even going to tell you I'm worried, man. If they're going to get to their ultimate goal, he's got to be a badass. I believe he can be a. He's got the guts to be a badass on a on a big stage. But if we're going to give grades out or what bothers you or irritates you, is him looking like me playing full court, the falling down when there's no contact. And I know Kerr mentioned that that it was the speed. He's going too fast. So I ain't worried, but damn, that is a hell of a stat. Yeah. Um, by the way, Warriors at Boston tomorrow, then at Cleveland on Friday. Uh, J.D. will have your Warriors live at 3.30 tomorrow. 3.30. I think that's a 4.30 tip-off, right? Yep. In Boston? TNT, baby. In Boston. Okay. And the other thing I was going to say is, I think they're big games for uh, for a couple reasons. But you know, first of all, I think they got to get moving, but we'll see what happens. But... To me, right now, right now, there's a, like there's only one thing really going right for the Warriors: the standings. And that's what we said earlier: the standings. No doubt about it. And when you talk about standings, you know what's in the standings? But, Teams' record. Right. There's nobody like forget just the record. When I look at Memphis, Donnie, I feel like I'm watching open gym. Jaron Jackson Jr. Do you but, know but what not they the need Warriors. you to do night in See, night there out? You did it again. No, they're they got something people are trying to take. So my thing is, hey, and you call me Homer Simpson, I'm banking on when it's go time. The Warriors they know have the what worst they need defense in the league. The Clippers basically. are going the other way. Memphis, they can go bonehead on any given night. Uh okay, Denver, they do stuff. But scary, the Warriors Donnie. can't? No. They're buttoned up tuxedo-like when it's time yeah, to go. That's what you think. That's what I'm basing it on. Well, I know. That's what our bet is on. Open prayer. And tonight they better show up. They're not playing tonight. No, I mean tomorrow. tomorrow. Damn. See, oh, it's open gym. Well, the Warriors have a much worse defense than Memphis. When you're champs, you can play around. Oh, that's fine. That's well, what I, 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 I... You took that from me from earlier because I said their backs aren't up against the wall yet. Mm-hmm. Something else I was going to say about the Warriors. It, it was it was another good thing for you, but now I can't remember. Uh, oh, you know the standings thing. I know it's I know it. It's looked at as a positive. Yeah, and I know nobody's really conditioned to think this way. But the way the standings are could work out to be a negative too for the Warriors. Explain that part. With so many teams bunched up around five hundred. That means one dozen game stretch where you go three and nine is really going to hurt you. And I'm not saying, but it could be any team. My point is, is you know, after this, they're 46 games, then they'll be up to 50. It's like at that point, if they're 500, and yeah, they're two games out of the five, but they're two games ahead of the 11. Then you better stay healthy down the stretch because then you're one. Not even like a big injury, but the, you know, then you're one guy getting nicked up for three weeks, and who knows? That's all I'm saying. Speaking of which, who knows? Forget the seeding right now in the standings as you talk. Stiney, I'm looking at so many teams that I thought were going to take that step forward. Now, I don't, do I believe in Sacramento? I like watching them. Highest scoring team in the league. I get it. But when push comes to shove, you still got to show me Missouri. Well, two teams. But yeah, and, Denver and Memphis. Man. And like, if you're the Warriors, you got to sip some champagne. Like, if you think is so. that all you got, Steiny? Is those really? two? 
Because you may not have to go through either one of them if one slips up against somebody else in the series. That like I so thought Minnesota, Den- I thought Utah, Minnesota. Yeah, I thought they were gonna Utah Clippers. Nobody had the Utah. Dallas, had Utah winning thirty D- games. Oh gosh, Dallas. Mark. Oh, and they, I told you about that. Mark Cuban, uh, your boy. Put he could he fire shots. Luca. Like I need to be involved in everything. Well, you, and when I say thing, T H A N G. Like, or y'all about to lose me. Yeah, Cuban, you won't notice letting Brunson go. So let me get this straight. You were just telling me uh, that Dallas is a bear, but they got worse after Brunson. Oh, no doubt. So I don't even, like, they're not even in the Warriors' way in my in my world. Yeah, you had them. I'm okay. Yeah, and, of is. course, Phoenix, they're gutless, even though they're a 500 Man, team. What you is got going no, on? They're, they're hurt. Yeah. They got four starters out. To win. Well, Cam Johnson's coming back tomorrow. Well, How about this, that? Yeah, well, this is good knowledge. This is when the stand-ins do help you. Phoenix, especially. And we'll AD see. comes back, Lakers will be in the top ten. What are they now? 13. What's their record? Uh, 20 and 24. Currently a game out of the last spot. OKC playing. Yeah. Dude, that's amazing. And they got, a, what, 100 first-round picks? All I know. Women Yama. How far are the Lakers from uh, four? Who is four? Sacramento. They're they? four games back. That's <laughs> Why would oh, you laugh? Because the Lakers have no chance to get up to four. But what's the what's the meaning? That's the bet. You and I bet. What bet? Don't do this. We got a bet if the... We have two bets. One's for drinks. One's for $100. Don't do this. The Lakers don't was do this. last year. I know you know that. The Laker bet was last year, Steiny. I wouldn't do two bets out there like that. Oh, my goodness. I just cannot believe you think I we the Laker bet was last year. Kobe. Seriously. We'll have, we'll, I'll come in on the weekend. We'll pull the tape. It was last year, not this year, Jack. How about that? Yeah. You can play that face. I'm just telling you, the Laker bet was last year. The bet this year, 2022, is Warriors win it all or the field. Dude, I keep receipts. I know you're not sitting there thinking we got two bets simultaneously. No, Lakers were last year. You got a minute left, Tony. Yeah. Help him out, E. He going to help me pull that tape. Lakers were last year. Now, YouTubers, Twitchers, they'd be like, Guru, you did it this year. I know when we did it. So you were up there thinking we had two bets. <laughs> we got one, Jack. <laughs> Warriors in the field. Starts tomorrow in Boston. Yeah. Stani, you, you never went this long without saying anything. I'm concerned. You do have to speak. Yeah. The bet was last year, Lakers. <laughs> He's just so perplexed. You forget a lot. Now, those are facts. <laughs> I fight for my life. The train is off the track, Jack. Justice Smith, 330. Damon and Ratto. Mike Irvin. And there's one more. Steve Kerr. It's Steve Kerr, the coach. Bob Myers tomorrow. And Bob Myers tomorrow one Executive show. Snotty, I hate you forget. Now, now they're forgetting getting to the show. The other stuff was funny. Oh, we got to go. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.